Disciples are those who are taught how to follow. Now, you know, students learn lessons. Students, you know, get lessons from their teacher. But disciples learn and follow and imitate their master. See, that's the difference between a teacher-pupil relationship and a a disciple-discipler and disciplee. We are disciples of Christ, and we become like him. That's what a disciple does. A student just learns a lesson. They don't become like their teacher. They just learn something from them. But Christ says, I don't want you to just learn a lesson from me. I want you to become like me. See, the goal is Christ-likeness. And it comes by us following him. So disciples are taught how to follow Christ. That, that's the whole essence of what the Lord wants us to do. We have to learn how to follow him. In fact, the distinctiveness of Christians has gotten blurred. You see, we are going to a different place than the rest of the world is. They're all going on the broad way that leads to destruction. They're flowing down the river toward destruction. We are going upriver a different direction. And, and the problem is that, that that takes, remember the Lord says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. It takes great effort to say no and to deny ungodliness and to go against the flow. And so what's happened is that instead of teaching people how to follow the Lord, many believers aren't, aren't even following him themselves, and they're just flowing the wrong way down the river. So disciples are taught how to follow because and we learn and teach people how to follow by example. Now, the, the, this is and as I get to this next point, this is probably the part that most people have trouble, and that's when I slow down at the coffee shop or at, at the lunch room, and I look them in the eye and I say, has anyone ever taught you how to follow Christ, not in a lecture setting, but actually you watch them do it? And you know what most people say? Maybe, you know, like I had godly parents and I watched them, but nobody has actually ever, you know what I mean? Every sport, you don't learn it by reading a book. You learn about it, but you don't, you learn it by being there and having someone that knows it better than you saying, no, 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 no. You, you know, didn't keep your eye on the ball or, or whatever you did wrong. See, we know how this operates, but it's amazing. We think that the church will operate just by people reading it in the book. And, and this, this is the singular difference between first century change the world Christianity and what we're coming to in Christendom in the 21st century. So what, is it, what does it say in the Bible? Well, here's, here are the two verses, and I'm going to show you four, and I could show you dozens, but I there isn't enough time. And by the way, this lesson this morning would in no way be possible to do in one session sitting with someone, but I'm just, I'm just kind of encapsulating it for you. Two verses. I'll divide them in half here. 1 Corinthians 4 is the top one. Paul says, therefore I urge you, now look at Paul's discipleship message. Have you ever thought of looking someone in the eye and saying, imitate me? Now this Greek word is very interesting. Mimitase. In fact, we have an English word from that, mimic. Have you ever had a child and you watch their parents correct them and they mimic them? In our minds, mimicking is not a positive word. In the Bible, it is. 
In the Bible, it's, it's the supreme compliment that you imitate someone. And, and Paul says, if you want to follow Christ, I urge you, imitate me, because that's the sum of my life, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. I want to know Christ, and if you want to know Christ, imitate me. And Paul says, I want you, he told the Thessalonians, to imitate me just as I have committed to a lifelong desire to imitate Christ. That's uh, first, I'm sorry, I'm not in Thessalonians yet. That's onward in the Corinthian epistles, uh, 1 Corinthians 11.1. 1. And so what Paul told the Corinthians is, I'm coming to your town. I'm going to live here for 18 months. I'm going to help you become followers of Jesus Christ. And the way I'm going to do that is, I'm going to live Christ in front of you. And I'm going to let you see me at work. Remember, he worked in the leather worker shop. I'm going to let you see me at church, you know, in the small group. And I'm going to let you see me in everyday life. And I want you to imitate me in every way that I imitate Christ. Now, he didn't say, do everything I do, wear everything I wear, go where I go. He says, every part of my life that's tied to Christ, you should examine that, find the tie to Christ, and imitate that. Paul presents first in most of his letters, he starts off with heavy-duty doctrine. And then he goes into what the response or our duty is. Now, in Greek, you can see this clearly because it's the mood of, in the grammar of the sentences. This is called the indicative, the doctrine, the, the opening part. This is called the imperative, the commands or the duties. And what he says is, based on the truth of God's word, you need to respond this way. He always says it starts with the, the foundation is the doctrine, the indicative, the, the, all of these chapters of who you are in Christ. But he says it doesn't end there. Now see, what's amazing is, in modern Christendom, it does. People feel they're great Christians if they just know the doctrine. Not if they do any of it. They just know it. And, and that's, the, that's the danger of knowing too much. Because the Lord says, uh, too much is given, much will be required. It would be better to not know as much about the Lord than to know it all and not do it. And so that's why a church like this, with a heritage of 80 years of Bible teaching, 85 years of Bible teaching, is a strong weight. Because the Lord says, I'm going to require of you all of this doctrine you know, and I'm going to see how much of it you responded to. So Paul said, I'm coming to you, and and you're mostly uh, people that knew very little about God. And he says, I'm going to teach you, but I'm not just going to tell you facts. I'm going to show you for you to imitate me. Now he goes on, and here we see in Ephesians 5 and in 1 Thessalonians, he says the same thing. Uh, This is Ephesians 5. Therefore, be imitators of God. Now, remember what I showed you? Ephesians 1 through 3 was all of those, you know, predestined, conformed, you know, chosen in him before the foundation of the world, heavy-duty doctrine. And he builds on that, and starting in chapter 4, and now we're in chapter 5, he says, because of all this truth, imitate. Imitate God the way I am. And he goes on to say it in, to the Thessalonians, and he commends them. He's writing this after he was at their church. He says, you became in those, Paul's only there six weeks 
in Thessalonica. And he said, you, you became followers of us and of the Lord. In other words, in every way we follow the Lord, you did that. And how did they do it? Having received the word. See, Paul always says, following Christ is tied to you imitating me, which is based on the word of God. You can check whether I'm following the Lord by looking in the word of God. And that's why we have the Bereans. Do you remember the Bereans? They're the ones that Paul stopped on, on the way to Thessalonica. In Acts 17, 11, he says that they examined the scriptures to see whether what Paul was saying for them to follow, whether it was in the scriptures. And so Paul says following Christ is better caught than taught. It's, it's easier to see it than to just hear about it. And the problem is the 21st century church is heavy on the hearing and light on the doing. And that's a dangerous thing because if you hear, you're responsible. And so we have to, we have to catch up in the doing department, in the examining.